I V M I V M Hey everyone this is your daily dose of everything that's happening in the world of NBA I am Monish and joining me as he does always is Nishant and you're listening to The Airball Diaries Over 100 players have been placed in health and safety protocol this year. 86% of them coming in December itself. What's going on? I have no idea. It's absolutely ridiculous right now. But uh, we'll try to find a little bit of basketball to talk about. There were still some fun games yesterday. Joel Embiid was amazing. Steph Curry has, as always, it's normal for him. He he got 30 points without any effort. Sacramento Kings were terrible. It's the Kings. But, relax. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll try to find a little bit of basketball to talk about. Whether you're an established sports person or a budding one or simply a sports enthusiast join us Tanvi and Shlok We are two passionate pro badminton players talking policy mindset and everything sport So tune in to the Millennial Athlete every Monday only on the IVM Podcast Network Trust us it's going to be lit The reason I mentioned Joel Embiid was he was terrific uh, the sixers are 15 and 15 in the table and without joel embiid they would have been in the bottom half along with indiana pacers the celtics are 15 and 15 as well so it was a clash of the equals you could call it uh, jalen brown returning from injury as well and he had a good game but embiid was terrific in the fourth quarter and uh, single handedly you could say helped the sixers to beat mm. the celtics mm. the reason i talk about joel embiid is that if you think about joel embiid a few years ago his first three seasons he hardly played at all he missed his entire he missed the entirety of his first two seasons and in the third season he was ruled out for the season after playing 30 31 games and we thought uh, well this was a top 3 draft pick not really going according to sixers plan but now you know that joel embiid uh, once he plays he's amazing he's he hasn't played a full season yet he still plays 63 62 mm. 51 51 games in the last 4 years but mm. you can live with that it's not zero it's not 20 so the sixers kind of made peace with that now they're trying everything else to get everything around him built and joel embiid is still an all-star is still one of the top 10 15 players in the league right now he's great right and when you think of a player similar to that who's missed great amount of time oh, is zion williamson <laughs> guess how many games zion williamson has played so far this is third year he's yeah, 78 or something Yeah, he's played 85 games. Yeah, 85 I read it. I, I read this somewhere. Yeah. The first year, if you remember, when he was drafted, he was injured because the NBA had made a <laughs> schedule uh, very attractive for the New Orleans Pelicans, giving him Christmas games, opening mm. day games, and whatnot. Zion Williamson missed all of those. Just before the league shut down in 2020, he just came back, played around 20 odd games, and then they went to the bubble. The NBA gave them a chance again by including all the teams. They created a damn play <laughs> tournament just so Zion could somehow be involved in the playoffs. And he didn't go to the bubble. He missed it. <laughs> Second season, he missed the start of. Oh, did he play the start of last season? Nobody yeah, remembers. He nobody played a decent cares. bunch of games. He played sixty-one games last season. I was surprised when I saw that. He had great numbers. Uh, Average twenty-six points, seven rebounds, had sixty percent shooting, had a great streak going. You saw, okay, Zion Williamson is back. And then he got injured. He missed the rest of it. Back from where? That is like the first sixty regular games. Well, well, you could say that. Okay, the Zion Williamson we thought that we would see. We finally got to see him. Okay. And then third season misses the off season. 
Pelicans say that he should be fit for the start of the season. Yeah. No yeah. way, that's yeah. happening. That didn't happen. Yeah. Then they said he's started shoot arounds and scrimmaging with the team, and he should be back in a week. Nope, didn't happen. Then now last week we hear that he got another injection on his foot and is will be assessed in six weeks or so, and that seems like another season lost for the Pelicans. <laughs> What is happening with Zion Williams? And I know you called it uh, right from the day of the draft. I remember you telling that maybe he'll be an injury-prone player. It's a risk to take him. Well, if you didn't take him, you would live with that curse that if Zion Williamson went on and become a great player, you'll be like, Pelicans are the team that missed out on Zion Williamson, right? They had a dilemma. What could they do? Uh, they had to offer him that. They had to pick him in that first uh, draft pick that they had. In, in, injuries notwithstanding, uh, I still stand by what I said. Of course, I said he'd be injury prone. That was largely based on th- that game is too explosive for a human body, especially when uh, the frame is like that. The game and the frame don't really go together. In a lethe, light, agile frame, Derek Rose played the way he did and busted every bone in his body. Uh, so now, if Zion plays like Derek Rose with somewhere near but somewhere between Barkley and Shaq uh, mm-hmm. height to weight proportions it's too much it's too much for for anybody to handle and that's if he plays five years like that what we're seeing is even before that he's kind of taking a yeah. beating um so I I said and by the way even otherwise just given his play style and the way I saw him impacting the game uh I still mean I still stand by it. Even if Zion's fit, Jamaran should have gone number one. I think long term he's more of a franchise guy than um than Zion. Like Zion or Luca, who would you pick? I'd pick Luca any given Sunday. And yeah, Jamaran is somewhere in that mold. I don't know if he's as great as yet, but he's in that mold. So that's one. Two, um, it maybe a, a lot of this has to do with okay, he has fitness issues. Um but I don't know if he's doing everything he can to overcome mm-hmm. uh, his issues. And it's the same sort of questions that would be raised against Anthony Davis. Now, only the team would know the truth. But it would appear that uh, there is some part um, of commitment missing on his side also. There are reports of him not not really following a strict diet. Uh, some photos are misleading. It looks like he's in a fat suit, the bad angle, whatever. But he's definitely not in the best shape of his life. He's not a gym rat the way Yanis is. And Yanis yeah. should be a model for all of these players. <clears throat> uh, that's a problem. Two, I really think the Pelicans, or uh, three rather, the Pelicans are hiding something and they're hiding something major because this is beyond normal. Like we've all seen players, explosive players at that, come into the league carrying some injury or pick up an injury early on and they skip a season. Blake Griffin comes to mind. He missed almost... I think the all of his first season or, or a great big chunk of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same, I think, with Julius Randle, year one or two, I think he missed the entire season. So it happens. It's not that this is something new or, uh, or hitherto unforeseen. But where it kind of gets derailed is three seasons back-to-back, including one of those seasons you had five months of yeah. mid-season gaps because of the yeah. pandemic. Uh, and you still couldn't get back to play a minute five months later, what was the injury? Like, we've seen this before. We've seen Jamal Murray get injured and then it's been months and he's still out. He's nowhere close to a return, Jamal Murray. Clay Thompson, two back-to-back years missed because two devastating, potentially career-threatening injuries. We know what these are now. We recognize an ACL, we recognize an Achilles injury and so on and so forth. We recognize mysterious bowel illnesses and stuff that we've seen across sports. 
but to this date nobody knows what the hell's up with zion i don't know if it's an yeah. acl i don't know if it's a torn muscle i don't know if it's a fracture nothing comes out it's all very kgy and yet in 3 years he hasn't even played one season's worth of games yeah. um doesn't yeah. ever seem like he's fully fit ever even when he's back he's on a minutes restriction all of this for a young player straight out of college something's up I, either there's yeah, he really couldn't care less about making himself fit enough to play or the org is overly protective or they're not being um, hard enough in terms of holding him accountable i don't know but none of this is normal and with every passing day it's turning into a more and more toxic situation and and a draft pick that really isn't working out for all of the hype that he came with exactly uh, this year new orleans set with the same dilemma that they had 3 years ago when they could not miss out on the zan williamson pick and now they have a contract extension to offer him now if you're new orleans pelicans you don't want to be in that situation where <laughs> the guy is not played and you stand out on offering him a contract without knowing what you're going to get or you miss out on a great opportunity to cash in on a lifetime talent like that now what do you do if you're new orleans pelicans i mean i honestly don't think that they can not offer him an extension just because it's zion williamson it's it's a very bad situation to be in they're already yeah. bottom of the league yeah. this year so another season gone by and they're hoping for the next zion williamson to come in the next year's draft it's it's not a healthy situation what would you do if you're the pelicans no but they have to they can't afford to not offer him a contract because he's zion williamson what the hell is zion williamson but you've seen like 60 <laughs> games worth of evidence and none of it is spectacular yes his gameplay is amazing but you know, is it like lebron in 1 2 3 years 1 2 3 where just change the fortunes of the team that he joined or even more recent you take a treyang take a luka take a jamarant for for mm-hmm. all uh, for all of this uh, discussion take any of these guys they've transformed the, the franchises that they've gone to and these are all yeah. young players all raw talents all developing nowhere close to their best yet and they've just turned their franchises on on, on their respective heads what has zion done exactly that you know, except for the hype and the potential of oh imagine mm-hmm. even that largely is just based on freakish athleticism it's not exactly based on a sound uh, set of fundamentals or, or the ability to influence wins we've seen none of those at a college level maybe but we've seen none of those in the nba uh, and it's a big leap from college to kemba walker was a monster in college yeah. not quite the same thing in the nba <clears throat> so so i don't know i i don't know what really warrants this hype anymore i get it when he came in i don't see why it's warranted anymore um it and it's not a dilemma for me i think they should move on they do a sign and trade do whatever but but move him on um it's it's what the chicago bulls had to do over time mm-hmm. with with derek rose mm-hmm. is at some point you realize this is not ever going to be what we you hoped it would be find your jimmy butler and move on if that doesn't work out well that's a separate problem but uh, but there's nothing in in this one at the very least so i think the pelicans should just cut the losses and move on and, and, and when they can could, still get value for for mm-hmm. zion I, i think that could be part of the problem i mean maybe zion's not the guy who would be motivated in playing in new orleans he probably needs a big market like maybe. chicago or new york new york uh, yeah. to really motivate him some players are that like, that kind right not everyone can be an yanis who will go out and become the mvp in milwaukee yeah. so probably that thing he's spoken openly about hoping to be a nick player sometime in the future and the nick can go ahead and get him and probably they can they'll be probably sitting on a gold mine if he really turns up and performs like what we expect him to yeah and if he doesn't hey, it's the nick it won't be the first player to come and not <laughs> perform there like it's not like 
Like, what are you losing out on exactly? Who do you... <laughs> it's not like your present is any amazing or your past has written, was written in the stars. It's just, it's just sad anyway. Might as well get a player that fills seats. Hey, it's been another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. Do you think coffee is a good pre-workout drink? Hear what Arman Sood, co-founder of Sleepy Owl Coffee, has to say about it. Only on Raw and Organic with Kunal Rajput. We are back with a new capsule series on the Feeding 10 Billion podcast. In this six-episode series, host Varun Deshpande speaks to famed personalities about the future of smart protein. Tune in to hear what Indra Nui, Ritesh and Janilia Deshmukh, and other amazing guests have to say. On Terimeter Rasta, Keshori Constant Adventure, hear how he traveled more than 1,100 kilometers from Lucknow to New Jalpaiguri in merely 21 hours. I can't believe anybody did that in India. Definitely will listen to that story. On Hans Vani, hear the story of Matsya Ganda. Discover how lovers Batahu and Sursati are torn apart by fate. On Smarter with Sid, Sid learns three ways to pitch a new idea to reluctant team members. And on Pesa Vesa, Amit Gainda, CEO of Anse Financial Limited, talks to Anupam about educational loans. Do follow us on social media. We're IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And remember, if you're enjoying this show or any of our other shows for that matter, please do tell a friend. Go check out our YouTube channels. We go live on a whole bunch of different things. We have a number of different channels. You can find them on ivmpodcast.com slash YouTube. And finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Cred, Bank of Baroda, CoinSwitch Coubert, Intel, and Oxfam India. Thank you for making this possible. You could think of it like this. Uh, for the first three years, uh, Zion Williamson has played as many games as uh, Odin. Uh, yeah, for yeah. listeners unaware, he was Greg a 2007 Gordon, yeah. first draft pick. Ahead of Odin Trailblazers, ahead of Kevin Durant. Yeah. And he played a total of 105 games throughout his career. He's played yeah. as many games as Zion Williamson in his first three years. Or you could say that he's played more games than Embiid in his first three years. Embiid played like 31 games yeah. in his first three years. And Embiid has grown up to be an all-star player. Still one of the best in the league, right? And, and still injury-prone, by the way, which, which goes to Still injury-prone, but you can live with that. I mean, no, you no. made peace so, with that. I, I understand, but, but I'm saying it shows that these things aren't short-lived. People who miss those many games in the first few seasons, it's not like over time they become infallible or... Or consistent, the biggest flaw with with Embiid or or any strategy based around Embiid is that you never know when he's going to drop and and be out for the season or miss a chunk of games and your season's derailed. That's still today a very real risk with Embiid, and the warning signs were there early on. This is still the best case scenario, best possible yeah. um, scenario. Everything else is just downhill from those first um, few seasons. Greg Gordon was. I mean, people who really followed college basketball back then genuinely said they were in a dilemma whether to pick KD or Greg Gordon. That's how good he was. Uh, but injuries ravaged him and he never really came back from it. Even if I look at it that way, Zion's in a, in a bad situation and history is not on his side. Yeah, so uh, so if you're the Pelicans, you'd sign and trade him off as soon as possible and just try to rebuild again? That's your best case scenario. Otherwise, it's a free agency. So... I'd much rather see a, a sign and trade. I think so too. I, I don't think uh, New Orleans is the place for Zion Williams. And I think he just might not be that kind of player who's motivated to play in a small market. He needs something to play for, to show for. Uh, I think in a playoff team, he'd be a much better player. I think he'll be fitter. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's not what I hope for from Zion Williamson, but well, this is what you get. Yeah. Uh, does someone like Luca bother you a little bit? Because he's missed games yeah. now. Uh, yeah. If you remember, uh, he came back overweight last season after the off season. And it was a similar start last season as well. 
and then he got fit and then it was the luka uh, luka we knew he was great this season when you have the same problem it's kind of becoming a pattern and th- would that concern you that he's not yes. serious enough about the game to like yeah. if you talk about maintaining a body you got to look at yanis he maintains his body like it's a temple lebron james 37 years and he's just still dunking yeah. over defenders yeah. uh, getting triple doubles at will westbrook for for that instance harden yeah. i mean these exactly. are models james harden these are model yeah. players to look up, look up to so with luka would that concern you something similar not motivated enough great player whenever he plays and he plays most of the time but you go uh, the off season you go back home you put on a lot of weight you don't start the season in the best of shape two consecutive years would that be concerning yeah no without doubt uh, and and the early years the early years are usually when champions are uh, foolishly hungry where they push themselves to such extremes that it's not sustainable and and people with better wisdom need to hold them back and say okay this is how you pace yourself you don't play 45 minutes a night you will burn out by mid season you don't take 50 shots a day it's fine learn how to be more efficient learn how to uh, involve the team this is what you tell a kobe or a uh, or a jordan or a young lebron d wade whatever whoever <clears throat> uh, luka looks up to um and it goes to show uh, mental capacity and drive and and things like that which uh are a very important part of the makeup of a champion a lot of players have athleticism or great skill but very few have a combination of skill that will to win and the ability to put in the put in the work put in the grind yanis has all of the above kobe had all of the above jordan had all of the above lebron to a large extent has a lot of those things though the only drawback is wasn't doesn't everyone say if only lebron had kobe's mindset can you imagine the that combination mm-hmm. of this skill this he's, he's stamina a nicer correct yeah not 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 the vicious killer but but i'm saying these things are uh, the these seeds are sown at a very early age a lot of a lot of that is innate uh, but it's raw it's it's unhinged and it takes a good mentor to to whip it in shape put boundaries and focus mm-hmm. that energy uh, but if the energy itself is lacking or it's, it's all over the place and not entirely focused on basketball that's a problem uh, um did you like my articulation by the way of energy this is this is my idea of <laughs> anyway so with luka as the problem it is deeply concerning because it's look at what russell westbrook did last season right he stunk it up for the first few games or first few weeks months mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then when push came to shove time to go to the playoffs there's a mathematical chance that they could make it he just took over played one man basketball and dragged the team to the to the playoffs it's, what did that achieve exactly well, ultimately they got knocked out they weren't good enough mm-hmm. they never they never built the team chemistry that they needed to pull through in tough situations they just got by on the brilliance of an of a future mvp that's about it it's not sustainable um, so it's always a bad model and the only lesson that any team can take away from that is not everyone can flip a switch like westbrook mm-hmm. and suddenly in the second half just go okay i'm going to win 20 games in a row not everyone can do that and that's yeah. what pulled the wizards down he flipped that switch but nobody else in the team was ready for it because they never prepped for it so right. so they got washed up uh, washed out um it's the same with the mass maybe luka first of all it regardless of all this it's just bad professionalism to come in overweight at the start of the season and then say okay over 3 months i'll kind of knock myself back into shape nope not acceptable no player you've ever respected has done that uh, um now that's one two you can do it doesn't mean everyone can do it you can still put up a triple double when you're overweight doesn't mean everyone can when you're the face of the franchise you got to have a lot more responsibility and accountability then to say i'll do whatever works for me regardless of what the team uh, thinks of it you you are the one setting the example 
um where's the incentive for posing is to fight to stay fit if the face of the franchise just comes in washed up especially when posing is pissed off that he's not the face of the franchise here's the face of the franchise who comes eating donuts and whatever and make cooking food up but i suspect that's what he did in the holiday so it's not it's not professional it's not healthy and even if he can make it work it's not the best way to approach a season it's never a good idea to say we'll sink it up for a while and then flip a switch doesn't work wizards found out the hard way the clippers found out the hard way in the playoffs this flipper switch concept does not work it's not an individual sport it's a team sport teams don't flip switches individuals can teams can't and when you're the leader of a team you've got to be a lot more responsible and accountable than that so i'm i'm extremely disappointed uh, and this coming from from somebody who for me in that generation luka is my favorite player uh, yep. so to see him do this when at the same time you see the grind that trey young puts in and for mm-hmm. long i've said i'd pick luka any day over trey young i still Easily. stand by that but, but look at what sure but look at what trey young's doing this is ability yeah. look at what trey young's doing his frame yeah. 5 11 years no business being on the basketball court that dominant <laughs> he goes yep. to the garden shuts them up takes a takes a, a, a crickety team full of rookies all the way to the eastern conference finals some element of luck but not all of that can be noise um, that's phenomenal and then you have luka can't get past the first round tough opposition whatever but uh, there's a reason you're getting tough opposition in the first round is because you're not finishing very high up in the season maybe that will change if you get your ass fit before the start of the season and get off to a good start rather than just scrambling to make the playoffs somewhere mid season so yeah the the mass are moving mountains for luka right i mean uh, if you read that article on espn about uh yeah yeah carlyle, carlyle getting yeah. fired and it was partly because of his relationship with luka not really being the best uh so the mavs have put him ahead of everything else which is fair i think that's fair, for the yeah. player that's fair but you got to give the results to show for it right i mean you can't be like the team will do everything but i i'll do whatever suits me the best which was also and, rather immature don't you think the whole reason why he fell apart with patrick kalal was uh, it's being reported that rickalal never really saw a future with dennis smith junior and always wanted to move him on and luka had a personal friendship with dennis smith junior they bonded as rookies or whatever and and so he fell apart that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard in it is sports. for the leader of a team to not recognize a that your friend dennis smith junior is nowhere close to being first team caliber on any team in the league there is no mm-hmm. team where he makes the starting lineup uh, the coach was right and instead of seeing that Uh, you sour your relationship with the coach to an extent where he has to be booted out. Uh, how many years was he in the Mavs before Luca? And yet they had to take like, that. They won a championship with yeah. him. So the only one they've ever had in the franchise. Yeah, and they had to move him out. Um, that again is so for me. There's a lot of immaturity. There's a lot of mental development that needs to take place. Now I don't know who would that mentor be that that puts him on the right track. Is it Jason Kidd? Is it somebody else they find? Is it somebody else they find after that? um but but there are uh, right now i'm concerned and there's one too many questions to be asked of um luka's mental strength his attitude is well to win and and just what uh, he's willing to do uh, uh when it comes to being a leader of that franchise absolutely on that note uh, i think we should wrap up the episode because you're talking about players who not been performing well i think we should go back to talking about steph curry <laughs> and lebron james <laughs> because that's much more happier and nicer yeah. right but we'll come back tomorrow hope hopefully no more covid protocols no more players go in there uh, because we are hardly seeing g league teams out there nowadays as watching yeah. the celtic sixers game yesterday i couldn't recognize some of the players i'm like who yeah. are these guys <laughs> so hopefully we'll not have too many of those hopefully we'll have games going on mm-hmm. and the cases reduce but it's all out of our control as of now but on that note i will 
close this episode and talk to you tomorrow okay man hey if you enjoyed this podcast don't forget to check out our other interesting podcasts on the ivm network you can listen to us on the ivm podcast app ivmpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts you can also follow us on our social media we're at ivm podcast on twitter and instagram and if you want to reach out to us and you know you do you know you want to reach out to us and tell us that our opinions on your favorite players are trash you want to tell us magic johnson is still better than steph curry and you don't think steph curry has changed the game for all that and more reach out to us on both instagram and twitter if you love cricket listen up the edges and sledges cricket podcast is here for you Hosted by DJ Varun and me Ashwin, we bring a fun, fresh fans' point of view to talking all things cricket. Sometimes it's just the three of us. Sometimes we have guests, including current and former international cricketers. For new episodes every week, check out the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast on the IBM app, website, or wherever you get your podcasts. Working Monday to Friday, glued to your chair, making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your five-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday. as i explore the strange obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before you can find us on the ivm podcast app website or wherever you get your podcast from <laughs>